Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. You're listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. Welcome to Afternoons. I'm Bill Arnold, and when I say warm welcome, I really mean it. Because if you live in the greater Twin Cities Cities area, you know it is cold, cold, cold. Yes, it is. Yeah, we're going to have a wonderful show. Dr. Andy Scudinga is with me. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, that as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And the Roman emperor Marcus Aurelius concluded, we become what we think about. So it's important what we tell ourselves, what kind of thoughts we put in our head, and the renewing of our mind that says in Romans we need to do every day. So we're going to talk a little bit about self-talk today. Andy is a psychologist, a professor of psychology at North Central University here in, in Minneapolis, and we're glad to have him back on the program. Andy, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me again, Bill. Yeah, this is a big topic because we talk to ourselves all day long, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> we start at a young age talking yeah. to ourselves, and we never oh, yeah. stop. No, not really. And your 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 inner voice is, uh, you know, some people would say it's your conscience, but I, I, I don't completely agree with that. I think a lot of people's inner voices is just themselves thinking. Yeah. And people think differently too, right? I mean... Oh, totally. There's, there's a lot of ways to look at your inner voice. So let's just start off by saying it's normal and healthy to talk to yourself. I completely agree. Yeah. And why is self-talk trend towards negative? That's an actually, it's a really good question, mm-hmm. and I don't know that anybody has a super answer for that. Um, I think my my gut instinct is we, I think as human beings, because we're a bunch of sinners, we tend to go to the negative mm. kind of by default, but there's also plenty of other people who say, I'm positive all the time. I'm very positive. So my guess is that a lot of people's self-talk is based on how they've grown up, their past history, what people have said to them what people say about them, how they perceive themselves, and all of that combines to kind of create a typical inner voice. And so when you're talking to yourself and something negative happens, most people are one of two things. It's either it's my fault or it's somebody else's fault or, hey, it's okay, I'm good with this, I can I can handle it. Maybe mm-hmm. there's three different voices yeah. like that. So hopefully at the end of this hour we'll have some tips as to how to improve our self-talk, and we're going to tie them, of course, to Scripture. But when I sometimes think of self-talk, I think there's a lot of black and white going on. If people have a little mistake, they'll say something like, okay, now my whole day is ruined. Yeah. And it's like, why did you go to that extreme? Right. And paint that picture when that's not necessarily true. Yeah. You could have said, well, that was a bummer. I was going to, you know, adjust my day a little bit here. But yeah, it's not ruined. I think people who who do that are probably tend tend to be more neurotic, pessimistic type of personalities. And if you have that type of personality, you you know yourself. You know you're going to be prone toward that type of of negative thinking, and that obviously is going to bleed into more negative self talk. And there's whole therapy models built around positivity and positive self talk. You know, there's a the positive psychology movement is is. Fairly new, you know, it's, you know, like twenty years if you consider that new, which which I would in a science like psychology. Mm-hmm. 
there's a much greater push toward that positivity, saying, hey, look, okay, a bad thing happened to me, but I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to look for solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, there's even a therapy model called solution-focused therapy, which is geared toward look at any of your problems as something that has an answer that you can find through self-awareness, through good self-talk, Yeah. right? You know, cognitive behavioral therapy is a lot about how do you change the way that you think so that your behaviors are a, are kind of a... A representation of how you're thinking, mm-hmm. and it involves teaching yourself positive self-talk. But when we think of what uh, Christ has done in our lives, the identity he has given us, mm-hmm. who we are to him, our self-talk shouldn't be so negative about ourselves. No. In I mean, fact, if anything, Christians so, should have the best levels of self-talk. I, I would think so. <laughs> and self-awareness, and, and because... You know, imago Dei, right? We're created yeah. we're image of God. We right. are God's image bearers as human beings. And I think it's part of our mission as Christians to help each other recognize that, remember it, but also help unbelievers realize, you know, you may not believe the same thing as I do, but I believe as a Christian that we are created in God's image. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a really powerful thing to have in our kind of our psyche, in our back pocket to say, well, I'm, I might be a broken sinner, but hey. I'm created in God's image, so I have immense value. Mm -hmm. And just that alone can be really helpful to people who are struggling. And Christ came and died for my sins Mm -hmm. to redeem me, to give me life eternal. Yeah. This is a, we should be saying very positive things about our future, right? Right. Um, But it's our immediate circumstances where we have a tendency of going to the negative more often than the positive, which hopefully we can rewire some of that today. And just put ourselves on a path of saying, just like you said, everything that comes into our, our lives probably has a solution. I would say almost every single thing that comes <laughs> into our lives has some sort of solution. I mean, even if you're given, um, you know, like a medical death sentence, for example, where the doctors say, hey, you know, you've got six weeks or whatever. Okay, that's it's it's pretty difficult to be positive in light of that. But yet even 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 then we see people who have triumphed not by staying alive more than six weeks but they've kind of beaten death by saying look i'm going to live my last six weeks in the most positive way i can and it's that it's that kind of evidence that we see that we do have the chance we do have the choice to decide how we feel how we react and how we talk not only to ourselves but about ourselves because you know we have those friends who are like oh i'm just i don't i'm just the worst at this right or i'm such a terrible decision maker you know, you just tell me what to do. <laughs> well, number one, I don't want to tell you what to do. And number two, you're not that bad of a decision maker. I mean, look at all the good decisions you have made. And so, yeah, you, you, I mean, we see this in people all the time. And sometimes you want to be like, hey, stop stop doing that. You don't have to talk about yourself that way. Mm-hmm. Question's already in. A comment's already in. Andy, sometimes I overthink myself. Um, I overthink myself. So I get to the point where I, I think my subconscious will improperly bend towards me and get me thinking I'm better than I am. Okay? So that's yeah. like a super positive, hey. And then uh, she goes on to say, but then I go to the other end of the spectrum and refute good things, thinking that's just me building myself up. So the right. question is, how do you learn the difference between godly biblical truth that is good versus just positive platitudes? That's a really interesting question because I think sometimes in today's society, you know, we're we're teaching kids that... Hey, everything you do is great, right? You're oh. just, you played soccer this summer for six weeks. You're great. 
Well, okay, that mm-hmm. you know, and we 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 don't learn how to how to we don't learn how to fail, and we don't learn how to struggle, and we think that when we do, it it must must be terrible. And so, if somebody says something nice about us, then gosh, they're probably lying just to make me feel better. And I think what the caller is asking is how do you how do you just how do you not overinflate yourself unfairly? Mm-hmm. And a lot of therapy models are about helping people have a realistic sense of themselves. You know, if you're if you're let's say you're not good at something, there that's okay. I think I think we need to be better at being okay with I'm not good at hockey or I'm not good at writing. I'm not good at these things. That's something that I can work on. But then we take it a step further and, and, and make it seem like that bad thing is also the most important part about us that we happen to be not good at. And that's where people's self-esteem takes a hit and it's difficult to know, yeah, how, 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 how responsible am I for my own negative feelings? Well, partly in that case. Mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think we got to the, the full nature of the question, though. Can you, ask, can you state yeah. that again? Bill? Yeah, yeah. How do you learn the difference between godly biblical truth that is good mm-hmm. Versus just positive platitudes, maybe happy thoughts you're telling yourself. Yeah, probably where it comes quickly. from. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, and yeah. you know the, the, you know the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you take your joy in the Lord, that's you know it's not going to go away like it would if somebody's giving you a false compliment. And even real compliments. Hey, you look really nice today, or you did a great job on that project. Good work. Even that's going to fade after a while. Mm-hmm. And biblical truth and biblical positivity. Which, which sounds almost hokey in a sense when you say it like that, that, that's, that doesn't, it shouldn't fade away. You know, that feeling of belonging to Christ, that doesn't fade away for believers. If it does fade away, it, it's probably you feeling like you're distant from God for other reasons. And maybe that's the biggest difference between a, a biblical truth type of joy and happiness and one that comes from earthly platitudes. Those, those fade away over time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is still on topic, but when you talk about a natural giftedness, you were just referring to being okay with things you're not good at. Yeah. If somebody said to you, Andy, you're really a good listener, and you heard that 30 times in the course of a year, that might be one of your gifts. Yeah. Right? And you go, sure, I, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm okay at listening. And you can start to take some, uh, you can start to have some sense of, Self-talk that says, I guess I am a pretty good listener. And I'm, and that's a gift from God. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's how I got into therapy as to, to sorry, that's how I got into. <laughs> <laughs> as a teacher or as a person who needed help? <laughs> that's, wow. Um, I, I, if you get to my face right now, instead yeah. of being on a radio, right? I, that's, I would have, have this befuddled, funny look on my face. Um no, that's why I got into work as a therapist. Um, I had people in my life who were telling me, you know, you're you're good at this. You should maybe you should consider counseling. So I, okay, I, that's how I got into that as a field to begin with, and for lots of good reasons. That is also why I got out of the field. And so I think that is a good way for particularly younger people who are trying to figure out what is my calling, what is my purpose in life. Ask people around you who know you well, what kind of things do you think I'm good at that I could do to make a difference in the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And you ask God those types of questions. And, and you know, listeners, this goes throughout our whole lives, right? I mean, we could be 45 like I am and completely shift gears and change careers. Um, I didn't grow up wanting to be a college professor, but here I am today because mm-hmm. I followed God's call and 
I listen to things that I was good at, and I have a giftedness for teaching in front of a class, and I love it. And it also meets the needs of the world because college students need to learn about psychology from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we follow that type of calling, we will find joy, and we will also find that the platitudes we're receiving are also markers for us to say, I might be doing exactly what God wants me to be doing right now. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 23 says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What is your, what are you thinking? What is your self-talk? Are you speaking truth to yourself? Are you speaking God's grace to yourself? Are you beating yourself up on a daily basis? Are you positive? Are you negative? I'm curious to, as to what your self-talk is. Let me know what it is. 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Dr. Andy Scudinga is my guest, and we'll be right back. You're listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. back with Dr. Andy Scudding, one of my very few guests that knows this song. Yeah. I love this song. I've loved this song for many, many years. It, and you actually asked yeah. if we could play it. <laughs> I did. I love this song, too. I think it might be older than I am, actually. <laughs> could be. I don't know. I'll have to ask. I, I think, I'm pretty sure my mom is listening if she found the, the website, because yeah. we're, um, we're not in Colorado, but um, that's where that's where they are. So, Mom, thanks. Thanks for this. Nice. Kelly Scudding is out there. You guys can thank her if you like the song, too. She likes the song, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's powerful. It's about a 12-minute song. Yeah, it's a really long song. Yeah, it's a really long song. We probably shouldn't play the whole thing right now, though. I think I'll run the show, Andy. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm we sorry, might Bill. play the whole song. There went my positive self-talk. <laughs> right, right out the bay window behind Bill Arnold. <laughs> Self, self-talk is what we're talking about today with Dr. Andy Scuddinga. He's a professor of psychology. And as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So what are you thinking? What, what's in your heart? Are you thinking positive thoughts throughout the day? Do you talk to yourself? When people talk to themselves a lot, Andy, is that, I know it's, we're saying it's a sign of being healthy and normal, but is it also a sign of loneliness? Um, more people are, you know, behind closed doors with COVID. They're getting out less. Are they, are yeah. they talking to themselves more? Oh, I guarantee it. <laughs> I bet they are. <laughs> and honestly, there's, there's, there's different, you know, like with, like with a lot of things, there's, there's good kinds of self-talk and there's really unhealthy kinds of self-talk. And then there's people talking to themselves who are mentally unhealthy, right? Who might have a disorder. You know, you, you often think of like people, schizophrenia, talk to themselves, true voices. That's, that's, that's different. a different level. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're not talking about that really today. But, you know, if you're walking around your house and you're having a conversation with yourself, well, what are you talking about is probably the first question I would ask. You know, if you're talking about plans to, you know, dis- dismantle the local grocery store because they don't have the kind of stuff that you want, that's, that's not healthy self-talk. That's not healthy talking to yourself. But if you're describing a problem or talking through it out loud, a lot of people do that. And it can be really, really helpful, actually, to talk about your issues with yourself out loud. Mm-hmm. 
I know that the verse, if I study the scripture more carefully, it does talk about being cautious in our relationship with the rich and powerful. Hmm. And then, you know, they invite us to food and fellowship, but they often have their own interests at heart. So, you know, we have to uh, be careful that we're not getting into a, you know, a, um, an untrustworthy sort of relationship. Yeah. So we always have to be on guard, which is always important. But um, when we think about um, how God sees us, when we think about how God loves us, when we think about how God longs to be in our fellowship and and for us to think that the creator of the, uni- of the universe is, is waiting to be with us, mm. our self-talk should be, thank you, Lord. Yeah. What an amazing, amazing God you are. Yeah, that's really true. And, you know, you could even equate self-talk to, you, I sometimes wonder if self-talk turns into prayer sometimes. Right, we're kind of talking to ourselves, and then suddenly it's, "Hey, by the way, God, I'm I'm feeling this way. <laughs> what can you do about it? Help me!" Or, "I'm so glad. I'm so thankful." Um, I talking to yourself and to God at the same time. Maybe that's just kind of a unique way of of enjoying prayer. Mm-hmm. So, Andy, what if you've had um, an upbringing that included a lot of very difficult, hurtful things? That maybe there's some trauma in there. Maybe you mm-hmm. were told over and over that you weren't going to amount to anything, or Something that just has bugged you forever. So yeah. that, that loop is in the brain somewhere, and it's easy to reboot that and say, I guess I am going to not amount to anything. It's really, really easy, and that is a that is a remarkably common issue, actually. There's millions of people out there who have that, and it isn't always because they had you know terrible parents. It could have been um, a teacher or a mentor or somebody who had influence in their life who maybe only one or twice said something really negative yes, to them. Yes, it could have been one line once. Right. Oh, that's deadly. You know, you you yeah. perform some sort of thing, whether it's an act, a music, uh, you know, whatever. You, you give a speech and someone says to you, you know, that could have been a lot better if you would have just done blank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for some people, that's it's devastating. And they hear that for years. And for years, they're anxious and worried about speaking in public. You know, they would never volunteer to, you know, be the Bible reader at church. They would never volunteer to stand up and and host something. And it all goes back to that one time. Mm -hmm. And then, like you said in your example, there are people who have been told every day, multiple times a day, you're worthless. Mm -hmm. Well, I I wish we'd never had you. You know, when are you going to amount to something of value? And, uh, yeah, it's obvious those those are horrible messages. And yet, here's the thing. There are people who have experienced both of those who have come out of that well- with strength. And I, I believe those people have inherent skills that they naturally have come by or have been taught to say, I can overcome that. And they can literally talk themselves out of the negative feelings that come with those kind of feedback loops. Some people have that naturally, but I tell you this, everyone can learn how to defeat that. All right. Uh, listener Victoria just said something pretty wise because I have very smart uh, listeners, so it's just mm-hmm. so you know. And <laughs> she said, healthy self-talk, biblical self-talk, like the scriptures say, David encouraged himself in the Lord. So can we. Absolutely. Yeah, being strengthened in prayer and supported by like-minded believers. That's that's great advice. That is very wise, And she Victoria. also very much wants to know the name of the song. The Children of Sanchez. By? Chuck Mangione. There we go. Children of Sanchez. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great album. Like 1973.
Yeah. Or 78, something like that. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here's another one. My self-talk comes with a lot of inner fighting. I start to think of God's promises and praise him, and it's like there's another voice or presence that makes me feel bad for doing that, like wanting to accuse me and make me feel completely unwelcome by God. But I remember that God loves me, demonstrated by Jesus. He wanted me to be in a relationship with him so much that he carried my unworthiness to the cross. That's that's pretty good stuff right there. Yeah. What I think happens for... I think sometimes a lot of Christians feel like we're not allowed to say good things about ourselves because it's <laughs> bragging. Yeah, right. That's you know, true. don't don't get too full of yourself now, young mm-hmm. man. You know, um, I, I know my mom's listening. My parents were never were never like that. They weren't ever hard on me for feeling good about myself. And but I think a lot of people were given that message growing up: don't be arrogant, don't don't talk or think. Do not think highly of yourselves. Right. I don't think that's what positive self-talk does. <laughs> yeah. Positive self-talk that's good is saying, hey, you can do this. Yeah. You can overcome this. It's not. Positive self-talk isn't in, man, you are the greatest Andy Scudinga. Well, I love you so much yeah. because you're me. No, that's not good positive self-talk. I mean, what does Mrs. Brady say to Tom? Tom, there's got to be a punchline here. There's got to be a punchline here, and I don't know it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice job, Tom. You're the best. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Well, don't, but don't let it go to your head. He is. Yeah. And yeah. it did. <laughs> yeah. But it's uh, wonderful to be reminded of that God does give us these incredible promises and that we can encourage ourselves with the promises that God gives us. That exactly. can be our self-talk. That's, I, I completely agree. Yeah. Let's see. I grew up in a very negative, fear-based, accusatory home. Yeah. The what-if fear track, which condemns plays on repeat. I love Jesus. Fear is a battle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it it really can be. And, you know, I I often tell my students that, you know, we, we, we can't always just kind of pray our way out of our problems. We have to take action too. You know, God allowed for the development of medicine, um, of therapy techniques, Mm -hmm. of friendship and relationships, right? So that we can, can kind of defeat these things or or at least fight them. And I and fear is one of those things too where sometimes we have to take an active role in not just saying, God save me from my fear, but and I'm not saying that this is what the caller does, but this is a problem for many people, right? Mm-hmm. Fighting our fears. And here's the great thing about fear. When you run into fear of something, whatever it is, keep it in front of you and then realize that in your heightened anxiety and when your body is under a lot of stress, it produces cortisol and all kinds of things that come out of your body. Your sympathetic system is all ramped up. The best way to deal with fear is to keep it in front of you and realize when your body begins to calm down because that's what it naturally is going to do. Mm-hmm. And then that fear becomes less powerful for you because you realize, look, it's in front of me and I handled it and I feel better. Yeah. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, more with Dr. Andy Scudiga. And let us know if you've got a comment you'd like to make or a question you'd like to ask on your self-talk. How do you talk to yourself? Do you give yourself the grace and do you repeat promises that God has made to you? Are you not nice to yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Let me know. 877-933-2484. I want to be kind to you. I love you. I want you to be all that God wants you to be. We'll take a short break and be right back with Andy. You're listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. 
Welcome back to the show. We're talking about self-talk. What are you doing in that um, in that department? Are you are you nice to yourself? Are you negative? Are you listening to what God says about you and repeating those truths to yourself? Because that's what we should be doing. Dr. Andy Scudding is my guest. Another comment came in, and my self-talk tends to be negative. I have no idea why. It may stem from having thin skin when others kid me a little. Oh yeah. I recall school. I had a had a negative. Uh, had a negative, was a negative on me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry to hear it that. It traces way back. It does. Yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm teaching a class on all these different psychotherapy models, and they all have these different views of the past, right? How important is the past? You know, like Freud was deterministic. Every Your life is determined by what happened in your first six years. Mm-hmm. And then there's other models that are like, we don't really care about your past. We need to focus on the now and the future. And I think the truth is the best is somewhere in between where we can't continue to dwell in our past because it happened and it's over. But at the same time, it does shape who we are. And if we ignore it, we're it's it's like history. You know, if you ignore history, you're doomed to repeat it. So those lessons from childhood are really good to keep in mind, but when we allow ourselves to hang on to them for a long time, um it can it can shape how we view ourselves. And you you know, we have to at some point we have to kind of kind of crumple that up and, and, and throw it back into our past and decide, you know, I'm not going to let that kind of stuff dominate my self-talk mm-hmm. anymore. And it's a, it, part of it's a conscious choice and part of it involves the, the practice of doing so. You know, when you hear those old voices from the schoolyard or from, you know, from the gym or, the, or recess or whatever telling you those things, you know, it's, it's almost like you can take a visual representation of that and crushing it and just throwing it over your shoulder and say, I don't need that anymore. I've got other things in my life that are telling me different and better messages that I'm going to focus on. I like that. Sometimes we've got thoughts that we hold deep in our heart, that we're loved, that mm-hmm. we've been loved, that people have, people cherish us or have cherished us. Yeah. And then there's other thoughts that rattle around in your brain. Like, yeah, I messed that up today. Right. Are you good for anything? <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's interesting how we can uh, really beat ourselves up every day. Oh, and, sure. Um, like we talked about earlier in the first half of the uh, show, that the tendency is to drift towards negative. And, and I'm just, I, I want so much to try to forge a new path. So by the end of this hour, we can give some, you know, some hope for people who might be trending negative. Right. Um, and if you go to God's word and, and start to go into his promises and just put yourself in every one of these promises, just use your own name. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got to put them in context and make sure, sure they're <laughs> promises God has for us. Right. But just personalize it. I think when you do that, it, it's um, it's more meaningful. Yeah. That's that's great advice, Bill. I I got nothing to add to that. Really? Because it's pretty good. Well, uh, I wish you did have something to add to that. Oh, right. I'm a yeah. guest on a show. Okay, yeah, you're so, the guest on the show, which is fine. But, the, those, but, but you're, you're exactly right, though. There's... There's a lot of biblical messages that are written right to us. You know, the, the, oh, there's tons of stuff about anxiety and fear. You know, don't be afraid for I am I am with you. Be courageous. Be strong. You know, God is calling us to make a conscious step to do these things, knowing that we have him with us every step of the way. 
Um, you know, like Joshua 1 verse 9, be strong and courageous for I, I am with you. I'm, I will go where you go, right? I'm, I'm always with you. And when we are feeling those really negative things, that's a message that we can use to combat the negative feelings that we're having about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Another listener jumped in with a comment, which is very interesting. And she's, uh, he or she is including themselves in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's understand the season from a godly perspective. It's a very difficult season. Seasons do change, though, and this season is only temporary. Mm-hmm. God's not done with you yet. You've overcome so much already in and through Christ. Scripture stated the comfort we experience in our lives during our struggles will strengthen us and allow us to strengthen others in their struggles as well. Remember, we are God's children and we're living testimonies to God's goodness and grace. Never forget God has the power to give life and take it away. And as long as we're still breathing, God has a purpose and plan for us to fulfill. You are loved and fearfully and wonderfully made. There's some good self-talk. That is fantastic. That's really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very smart, smart listeners. Yeah, they're they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So when this listener constructed this text and sent it to me, I'm thinking this is the kind of um, message that we all need to hear, be reminded of, and know that if you are in a difficult season, your self-talk might change. You might feel more pessimistic during a, a difficult season because nothing seems to be going right. Right. And we're less connected to people. We have fewer opportunities to be social. I mean, even walking through the grocery store, Andy, you know, somebody hmm. accidentally gets too close to you and they jump away from you like you're, you know, just <laughs> yeah. a leper. Like you're going to infect them with yeah. coronavirus yeah. right now. And you've startled them almost. And, and, yeah. and I think we're, we're, we're very awkward with each other right now out in public. Yeah. It, and for good reason, where everyone's being cautious, but sure, it's starting to eat away at somebody's, at some, you know, people's psyches. Right. It, it is. This is, and, and, and yet we're so adaptable of human, as human beings. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and we were remarking upon masks and how in a few months, if everything goes to plan, we'll, we'll be able to start taking off our masks. And I think we'll need somebody to be very um, direct for many people to say, Take off your mask now because we've had them on for so long. Now that's normal. And we humans adapt to things rather quickly, actually. And even though we complain about it, we're now we're used to wearing masks. And so it's going to be it'll be hard for people to transition back out of masking. And when we're a lot, you know, quote unquote, allowed to shake hands again or high five or do, you know, hug people, it'll be awkward again for a little while. And then we will adapt. We will adapt again. And having that spirit, that mentality of adaptability and the understanding that, hey, life does change and it's perfectly okay for you to change with the ebbs and flows of life too. We don't, we don't have to, we're not static people, you mm-hmm. know, we, we're constantly able to change. And that's, that's a real blessing, I think. This last comment has triggered some thoughts that we are in a difficult season, but it also wouldn't, it would be um, good to encourage everyone listening to be proactive when it comes to encouraging or affirming someone that you know. Yeah. And that could be as soon as five minutes from now. Yeah. We, I think we talked about the last time that I was on about giving an encouraging word to people. is a It's a double-edged, um, well, a sword is kind of negative. It's a double, what's something, so, you know, it does you good and it does them good too. Yeah. It's win-win. I can't, yeah, win-win. There win-win. we go. Win-win. That's probably pretty Yeah. Pretty the sword analogy is 
like terrible because those are like weapons. So that I, I don't know where that came from. But if you're having some uh, some hard, difficult self talk or thoughts about yourself, and and a nice little encourage encouragement or affirmation comes across your your text, your phone, or a phone call with a friendly voice saying something positive and encouraging to you, uplifting. Yeah, I tell you, it, it can change a day pretty fast. Yeah, and something else that 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 caught my mind um, when you read with the the caller wrote the or sorry the listener yeah. wrote in about it difficulty also and defeating difficulty overcoming difficult circumstances in our lives allows us the ability to help someone else through something similar because we've we've been there. Um, I have a student who endured a, a incredibly traumatic accident when she was seven years old, and she's in a wheelchair now and. Her one of her goals in life is to become a therapist so she can work with similar trauma survivors, phys, you know, hard physical trauma. Mm-hmm. Because she said, I didn't have somebody like that who had experienced what I went through, and I made it. And here I am. I'm in college now, and I, and she's doing very well in life, like like she should be. And she wants to turn around and use her experiences that were incredibly difficult to help other people. And and. We don't have to have something majorly traumatic in our lives to be able to do that. We mm-hmm. can have just dealt with mild anxiety, mild depression. But if we overcame it, we have the ability to help other people do the yeah, same thing. For sure. Another listener, um, Andy, said, at almost 50, I'm finally realizing more and more how messed up I've been because of what others have said to me throughout my life. And I've become my worst enemy. Yeah. Working on replacing the enemy's lies with God's truths. It's hard, but I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. He will always be working on me. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he also said 12-step Celebrate Recovery helps to talk through all of this. Yeah, right? Yep. That's fantastic stuff. And being able to share that developing self-talk is really valuable to share with other people, even if they're not in the same situation as you. Just verbalizing that out loud to somebody or a group of people can be incredibly redemptive. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic to hear. I, I think Swindell's got that great line, life is uh, is... Um, 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to yeah. it. Yeah. Just a great line. It is a great line because I, and I completely agree with it actually. Yeah. Another comment, uh, Andy, I like Albert Ellis's work on self-talk. Is that a psychologist that, or an author? Yeah. Do you know, you know this person? Yeah. Albert Ellis, um, is the father of rational emotive behavior therapy. Okay. And Ellis was, is, was not, wasn't really a believer, but. Okay, now I've got all these Albert Ellis thoughts floating through my through my head. That's a couple of weeks. You're you're getting ahead of my syllabus okay. there, all right. uh, all caller. Right. <laughs> we're we're getting Ellis pretty soon. But yeah, it's that idea that positive self talk is incredibly important, and the negative self talk is what what drives us down. Mm. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. Listener went on to say he stated that it isn't our circumstances that causes us to feel anxious or poorly but what we tell ourselves about our circumstances. Right. And we need to tell ourselves the truth, and we need to argue against what we've been telling ourselves. Like, I'll never get married, or I'll never go to college. Yeah. All those nevers, the shoulds, the musts. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. That kind of language can be really debilitating Mm -hmm. for people. And also at the end, Marie Chapman authored a Christian book regarding the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either of those people. I'm not familiar with Marie Chapman, but um, another another good um, kind of the creator of existential therapy, Viktor Frankl. Um, a lot of people have heard of Viktor Frankl because he was a Holocaust survivor mm-hmm. and he survived um, 
one of the Nazi death camps, and he lost almost his entire family. Um, but he, one thing that he came to understand through his experience in a concentration camp was, I control how I feel. Yeah. The Nazis don't control how I feel. I do. Mm-hmm. And I choose to be positive. Nobody could take that away. And no one can ever take that away from you. I mean, that's one of the first messages we give to students in a general psychology class is, hey, what I want you to understand about your mind is it belongs to you. And no one can take away your choice to feel how you want to feel. Mm-hmm. You're, I, never, I don't want to hear people say, you made me feel, because they might have done something that you didn't like, and it maybe initially did make you feel bad, but you choose what you want to do with that. And Frankel was brilliant in his writing and getting and creating a therapy model on how do I change my existence through thinking and finding the positives in life. Again, somebody else who's not necessarily a believer, but someone who has great wisdom to offer us, and we can't toss it out the window because it was it didn't come from a Christian author, right? Mm-hmm. It came yeah, from right. somebody who could send us some of God's truth through unconventional means. Sure. Let's take a little break. Dr. Andy Scudinga is my guest. We're talking about self-talk and making sure that we're taking the promises and the truths of Scripture and telling them to ourselves. And just like David, he could talk himself into being in a better mood. (laughs) Paraphrase that a little bit. We'll be right back. You're listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. I'm back with Dr. Andy Scudinga. He's a psychology professor at North Central University. My wingman Terry writes and says, I'm a very negative, beat myself up inner talk person. God's been very good to me, and I usually feel like I don't deserve it. I'm not sure if it's part survivor's guilt as coming from a large family and and many, if not most of my siblings have endured tragedy in their lives through health problems, Hmm. the loss of children and the death of a spouse. I find myself waiting for the other shoe to fall in my life since I've not really dealt with much loss. And why has God been so good to me? Because he loves you, man. Yeah, he sure does. (laughs) We love Terry too. And that's... That's a real thing for many people, too, is that idea of survivor's guilt. Like, why do I have it so good and other people don't? You know, when we were, when when my family and I were in Indonesia, we would, we were in an incredibly affluent area because there were a lot of expats that lived there and it was just the nature of the of the neighborhood. It was a very nice place that we were at. And yet, um, over a, a big wall behind the school, there were thousands of people who were living in abject poverty. And there were times where it was, I would feel this overwhelming sense of guilt. Like, why do I have so much and those people over there have have so little? It's, it's kind of unfair. Um, and we could walk around and look at all kinds of things like that and feel guilty about those things. And, and maybe to some degree we should. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's what God wants for us. I don't think he wants us to walk around feeling guilty all the time. Um, I think it's perfectly okay to be happy with the blessings that we have mm-hmm. and, um, and, and and not have to wait for something negative to happen because that will. I mean, we'll, we'll have negative things are going to happen. We don't. But, yeah, that's, that's, an, that's an interesting, it's a dilemma for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If you have a, a flow of negative thoughts and it's something you recognize about yourself, now if you're going to shift from this flow of negative thoughts you have to be patient because this is going to take time right mm-hmm. yeah but is there a way you can try to catch yourself um if you find yourself judging others or 
or if you're thinking about a failure that you've experienced or you're complaining about someone at work or you're criticizing your body or any number of things, is there a way to try to stop this? Honestly, yeah. sometimes it's just creating a mental stop sign that like. you know you can throw up and, you know, like, not like throw up, like vomit, but like, <laughs> you know, like you stick it up in front of you, just say, stop. How about stop? How about putting up the cross, an image of the cross, and then every thought has to get through that image? That's, that's really good. I like that. I'm That's better than a stop sign. Yeah, you're. Yeah, the stop sign. Say, yeah. Where are you going with this, Andy? You know, yeah. that's what I you're like you're like way better on Fridays than on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, very impressive. Yeah. Is there any way you can <laughs> you can trick yourselves into feeling a little more positive? I mean, no. Can you smile a little bit more? Does that? Oh, help? oh, oh, Stuff oh like I that? see what you mean. I mean, I, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I, I misunderstood okay. that. And of course. As soon as I misunderstand something, then I, sh- <laughs> then I shoot an answer off immediately, which is like the dumbest thing to do, right? So, yeah. But I'm not going to beat myself up over it because we make mistakes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there, there you go. I mean, that's a, like an example right there. I could literally sit here and think, oh, man, that was so embarrassing. I just said the dumbest thing. I'm Like there's thousands, there's millions of people listening right now, and I just said Tens something dumb. Tens of millions. Yeah. Well, now, it's okay, now it's getting worse. Right? Yeah. But yet I'm, I'm – cho- like listeners, I'm, I'm choosing – to move on, right? Because it's not that big of a deal, and it's I don't not. have to feel bad about it. I know you don't feel bad. Oh, about not it at all. all. So, so I'm so I'm moving on. It's a but, sign of strength that you're moving on. Well, it's like you're a it cool is. guy. You know, you made oh, a little mistake. Thanks. Well, your mom's listening. Yeah, yeah, she is. Hi, mom. But you made a little mistake, and you just moved on. Right. So, to to the to get back to the mistake that I made was yes, and science shows. Repeatedly, over and over, the study has been done in multiple different ways, multiple different times. Smiling more makes you happier. It does, doesn't it? You can. This is one of those rare times where faking it until you make it actually <laughs> begins to work. Mm-hmm. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote about this. You don't don't treat somebody as if you love them. I, I, I'm going to get the quote wrong, but basically his point was: Look, if you want to love your neighbor, don't just say I love my neighbor. Start acting like you love your neighbor, yeah, and, and you, pretty and, soon and you, you will, will come to love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And if you step out and do something nice for somebody, you're going to you're going to have a kind of a positive feeling. Yeah. Because you you did something kind. You you maybe it's a kind word, or it's a compliment to a stranger or maybe someone that you work with or a neighbor, and all of a sudden that could give you a little bit of a uh, positivity boost in yeah. your mood. And maybe your self-talk was that was good. I did that today. So this just popped into my head and I'm you know, we're here in Minnesota, and I don't want to upset anybody. We have a, a former politician who's famous for being on Saturday Night Live, right? For mm-hmm. doggone it, I'm good enough. I'm smart. <laughs> what was that? I'm good enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people, people like, like me. me. Yeah. And I think actually that was incredibly terrible because so many people saw that and were like, well, that's really dumb to say. Mm-hmm. Talking to yourself like that sounds stupid, mm-hmm. but it's great advice. You know, tell yourself. I am good enough. I am smart enough. I am valuable. I belong. I belong to the creator of the universe. So there. Mm-hmm. You know, those are that's a, those are good things to tell ourselves. He loves me enough to Every day. leave the elite status of heaven, right. become a man, and die on a cross for my sins. That's yeah. how much he loves me. For me. For yeah. For me. There you go. I mean, that's you know we you know we're trying to like end up with different things that we can do. That that's that's obviously one thing. And another is what we were getting at a little bit earlier. You know, putting up. Putting up that cross or that stop sign yeah. and say, look, if I'm 
is is what I'm saying about myself, is it reflecting back off the cross to me, you know, or is it just getting swallowed up because it's it's negative? You know, there's a lot of ways to look at different things like that. But holding up a mirror to what you're saying and, and asking yourself, is what I'm saying right now actually true? I mean, am I really am I really a bad person? Well, on one hand, we can say we're all bad people because we're sinners. So let's not go down that road because, yes, we're all we're all sinners. But are you a terrible person? Are you a failure? You know, look at you start to feel like a failure. Then you start looking at what are the things that I've succeeded at? And I guarantee you, you're going to find things. There's nobody out there who simply can say with great certainty, I've done nothing good in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Even the worst people on earth have done good things for other people. <laughs> yeah. Another listener, Andy, said, Albert Ellis also taught me a lot in my 20s and 30s. I remember one of, the, one of his lines being, the world does not disturb you, you disturb yourself. Yeah. That has always challenged me to think about what I'm telling myself about the events and happenings in my life. Yeah. That, that is literally one of my slides. Is this one is of my really? students? Probably. Are you, like, looking ahead? Because the PowerPoints are on Google. <laughs> I'm going to be really upset if you're one of my students and you're telling me this. But that's exactly right. Ellis, Ellis was a very confrontational therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, he would literally tell you as a client, stop doing that. Well, I, I no, stop doing that. Stop doing it right now. Mm-hmm. Just stop it. There's a Bob Newhart sketch. That's one of my favorites. With I Collins. love that sketch, it's right? It's hysterical. It's super funny yeah. because he does what many therapists want to tell their clients. Stop, <laughs> stop doing it. that. Yes. Stop saying that. And, you know, listeners, sometimes that's what we need to do for ourselves. Okay. Tough love, isn't it? You know, pound the table and you say, stop it. Stop being so negative. I'm not going to do this anymore. Here's why I'm valuable. Here's what I'm good at. And you begin to tell yourself those types of things instead. You know, Catch yourself doing it first, and then instead of saying, oh, I'm being negative again, I'm the worst at being negative. (laughs) No, you say, stop. Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this today. Now I'm going to list the five things that I love the most about myself. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. You could probably cut your negativity in half if you stopped talking about how negative you feel. Absolutely. So instantly it gets cut in half. Absolutely. Yeah. And then let's talk about how important gratitude is. I know that's kind of a something we always pull out at the end, but here we are getting close to the end. So let's right. let's talk about gratitude and how we need to practice it. Yeah. I mean, just there's so many blessings that each one of, no matter how rotten our lives seem, there's a lot of great things out there. And if you're a believer, you have the number one blessing right in your heart, mm-hmm. right? You have the Holy Spirit, you have Jesus. Yep. That's That's what we start with. I like that. Um, I'm pretty grateful, right? Yeah. I mean, if you start to just break down the many things you're grateful for, if you get to, if you get to have a job like I do, I feel very grateful I have this job. I feel unbelievably grateful that I can be a part of people's day. The fact that they've given me, um, their time, right? There's a lot of choices to listen to and people that tune in because they want to hear what's going on on the show. Yeah. It thrills me beyond belief because I deeply desire to help train and teach and disciple, not me personally, but my guests, <laughs> you know, and and lead them into a path of joy in the Lord. Yeah. And I think of people who are driving home from work today in, you know, Hartford, Connecticut, and they, they're in their car listening to us on the radio. And it, it might be brightening their day. It might be making them feel encouraged. Yeah. So, I mean, my gratitude just pours out of me well we can tell when we listen to what does that mean 
Well, when we listen to you, we can hear your gratitude. Oh, I really do have it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not making that up at all. No, I'm like I'm like backing you up here. Oh, good, good. I think it's an important topic. I think if you have been mean to yourself and you tend towards negative, put the cross up in your mind. Go, go find a picture of Jesus on the cross and burn that into your memory. And yep. then put that up into your brain, onto that screen in front of your eyes, when you start to have a negative thought about yourself and look at the cross and then take the thought you're having and try to get it through there. And good luck with that. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Andy, thanks for being on the show. Always a pleasure, You know, it is Bill. fun. I enjoy when you come over. Oh, me too. Yeah. It's a great time. Now, thanks are you for having a hot me. tub tonight at your house? <laughs> it's too being... cold for that. <laughs> okay, good. Nope. I think that's, I, I don't want to get frostbite on my, okay. my face. Good. That's wise. <laughs> Dr. Andy Scudding has been my guest, and he is a professor of psychology right here at uh, North Central University here in the Twin Cities. We're going to uh, wrap up this hour with Andy, and then we're going to move ahead into our next hour. Dr. Greg Heddington will be joining me at the top of the hour. We're going to continue our study on the book of John. We're going to jump right into chapter 3. Then after that, Jonathan Parnell will be uh, on the program as well. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.